at times it was a little bit scary because you don't know where where your next thing is is quite heading towards just yet. So you have to keep pushing at certain times. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. All right, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while, and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more, all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job. So if you're ready and serious to take the next step, then visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. Again, you can visit theoffbeatlife.com slash learn online skills to get started. On this episode, I speak with Merrick, who is a travel blogger at Indie Traveler, which focuses on the off-beaten track destinations and adventurous travel. Merrick's life of travel originally began during a career sabbatical almost 10 years ago, which inspired him to travel the world and build a successful travel blog. Besides Indie Travel, Merrick is also the author of Travel the World Without Worries, an inspiring guide that shows you how to cast your worries aside and travel more and travel further. The book helps you in a step-by-step way to turn that dream trip you've always wanted to take into reality. So listen on to find out how to take a sabbatical and turn it into a permanent world adventure. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here at Merrick. Hey Merrick, how are you? Hey Debbie, I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk all about your journey. Can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Um, somehow I knew you'd be asking us that question. <laughs> um, I suppose I've had an offbeat life because um, I've always been sort of leaning forward and doing the next thing. So that has involved living in different countries. Uh, I'm from the Netherlands, but I lived in the UK for some years. Now I live in Portugal. Briefly, I lived in Spain as well. And almost 10 years ago, I was a little bit frustrated with my career and I didn't really know where things were heading. I was let go during a, a mass layoff and it was not even the first time that had happened. And I thought, all right, what's going on? What am I doing here? And I decided to go traveling. So that was the, <laughs> the idea was I would get a visa for Thailand, a two-month visa, and just spend two months in Thailand, kind of clear my head, and then maybe work on my CV a bit and, and figure out where, where things would head next. But that didn't happen. I loved traveling so much that I just kept going, and I used my savings, and I, I turned that two-month trip into a two-year trip, and I just kept going. And that, uh, that was a, a, still the best thing I've ever done. 
and that trip made me realize I wanted to be a travel blogger. And uh, I wrote a book about my long-term travels. And then I started a website to support that book. And I managed to turn this into an income. And ever since, I've been living a location-independent life, working online, and, uh, and traveling around the world. That is pretty incredible because you took something that was really upsetting. Well, for most people, that would be really upsetting, right? To be let go from a, a company. Um, and you turned that something into something positive, And now you have a whole business from that. What was that transition like for you? Was this something that you just thought of and said, well, I don't really want to go back to that job. And I want to create something for myself. Can you take us through that whole thought process that you had to turn that into a business? Absolutely. I think it was a step-by-step thing, really. I, I don't think I, I immediately uh, envisioned having a successful travel blog and, and all that. I just knew, I should maybe back, backtrack a little bit. I was working in the games industry at the time. That was my thing. I was a game designer. I worked at this game publisher for a while as well. But it can be a very volatile uh, industry. Some projects don't work out. Some companies have to you know, make reorganizations. So it was quite frustrating working in many projects where you know, things just didn't pan out. They didn't, these projects never saw the light of day. And I had to reboot several times, go to another company and get started again. That was the, the, the thing that was bothering me at the time. And the fact that I had to move to certain cities or places in order to do that job because the jobs are in specific uh, uh, locations. I think when I was traveling on my big journey, there was a point where I thought, okay, I want to also do something because uh, I've been having all these adventures and it's great, but I want to you know, spend some time on the side also creating something. And that was my book, which is called Travel the World Without Worries. And uh, in that book, I wanted to sort of tell other people about my experiences going on a, on a big journey. Um, so it started as, okay, I can make a product. I can probably put it on Amazon. And that will just be a side thing. And let's see how that works. And maybe I will return to what I was doing previously. But then I also have this book that I'm selling. And it's a nice extra every month. That was the, the original thought. But things escalate because the book is a little bit successful. And then you're like, okay, I should have a website to support it and make people more aware of it. And that became the travel blog, Indie Traveler. And so step by step, I rolled into it further and further. And then it, it's true, uh, something that was very negative. I, I felt very uh, upset about uh, being part of a layoff. It's not fun. But Later on, I realized that the redundancy payment that the company had to make at the time was basically the seed capital for my uh, for my next venture, which was travel blogging. So that, that worked out really well. Yeah. That is pretty incredible that it kind of just took you into this different journey that you didn't even know your life was going to go into and completely different. And I think that's so, what's so interesting about someone like you, Marek, and other people that I've interviewed is most oftentimes we're kind of just placed in these situations and then you think your life is going to go one way and it takes you into a totally different position, right? That you never even would have imagined it to take you. So I love that you took that Absolutely. step because if you didn't 
get laid off, you would probably still be doing what you're doing before. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so easy to be stuck in a routine and do the thing that you think you've chosen and which may not be exactly the right fit. Uh, I remember things at the time in, in my previous career being so important. They felt so important at the time. This one meeting, this one, you know, raise or, or whatever it is. And in hindsight, they weren't that important. It's really nice to be able to take a step back and to think about, okay, what do I really want to do? And I'm really grateful that I got the push in the back. It was kind of done for me by, by uh, going through that layoff experience. Um, but then um, uh, being able to reinvent yourself is such a wonderful, wonderful thing. At times, it was a little bit scary because you don't know where, where your next thing is, is quite heading towards just yet. So you have to keep pushing at certain times. But I'm very happy to have been through that process and now come out the other side and, and do something I love doing and, uh, <laughs> and to be able to do it from anywhere. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that when you're in that situation where you go from, you know, you mentioned going from one company to the next, there is a lot of uncertainty to that, right? And kind of questioning where you fit in. But when you find something that you really enjoy, it's such a nice feeling to to have that, you know, to feel like you are in a place where you need to be. So that must feel really good because <laughs> it takes yeah, a lot of, yeah, right. It takes a lot of soul searching. And then sometimes you don't even know you're searching and then it just finds you like the way it did with you. Absolutely. One of the things I enjoy now is that as a creator, I can just do the kind of things that either excite me or I know they're commercially interesting, I can pursue those things. And I remember working in these larger companies, how frustrated I felt with all the processes. <laughs> and I'm sure many people can relate to this, where it's meeting upon meeting, or uh, you know that the company is making a wrong decision and everyone knows it, but you know there's someone making the decisions at the top or whatever it is. In larger organizations, there are so many more ways you can be frustrated with things and <laughs> just having being more nimble and being able to pursue different things in my business and creatively that I think are interesting. That is such a wonderful gift, really. Uh, and it's such a contrast to to what I experienced before. Yeah. And I think you mentioned this too, when you are in a corporate situation, you feel like, these meetings are so important, talking yes. to these people, these deadlines are so important. And then when you finally do something on your own, and then you kind of take a step back and you really reevaluate what's most important to you, and it becomes a totally different world. And the things that you thought that were completely the most important things now, they're not even in your scope of, of you know, reality. And it's such a different world. So what has that been like? Can you tell us the difference between those two things? Yeah. Like, because it's <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> I mean, working for yourself is definitely very different. One thing that that I think you have to be capable of is a little bit of self reflection and a little bit of of self management. In the beginning, I think I was so eager to make this work and it was working a little bit, but not as much yet as I wanted it to work. It meant that I was probably spending too much time doing too many things. I was going overboard sometimes working into the night, creating more content so that, you know, my website would be in a better place. 
I think that's good, at least for a little while, if you're really passionate. After a while, I think it's more important to prioritize and to say, okay, mm -hmm. these are the things that are important to me or to the business, and I'm going to focus on these things. And being able to say no is also very important when you're working for yourself, because there's an infinite way, uh, way in which you can keep yourself busy. There's always more you could be doing. And you've got to be able to give yourself permission to, to make choices and say, okay, this thing I'm not going to do, this thing I am going to do. And what's been very interesting for me is weighing the potential work against the potential lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So some things may be really worth it in terms of what you want to do with, uh, with your blog, in my case, uh, or with your business. Other things may not be as much uh, worth it as much if not doing it gives you more free time, for instance. You can be in control and kind of decide this is what I want in terms of lifestyle and this is what I want in terms of earnings. And you can kind yeah. of weigh those against each other. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting thought process when you think about it, because I had to learn this myself too, where you just think about the money and it's really great. The money's great. And then as years go by, as months go by, then you, I mean, for me, I start to realize that this is not really the trajectory that I see my life going in the future, how I see my life in general, right? And it just seems like you're going into this hamster wheel of just working towards something that you don't even want. And that makes me think about why would I even leave a day job? Because that's what I was doing to now doing mm. something on my own and still doing the same thing. Yes. So there is definitely a difference between the life that you see yourself having and working towards that and just working for money because you're still going to be going against that, especially in the beginning when you're just trying to make ends meet. And this is such a hard thing for all of us, right? Because yeah. you want to make money, you know, you want it to succeed. And then if you actually try to take a step back, then you're like, oh my gosh, it's not really going to where the life I want it to be. And I'm kind of in the same hamster wheel in that sense. So oh, that's that's a tough thing to to realize too when you're in that position. <laughs> right. It, it, it's very true. Like I think maybe the, uh, the hamster wheel that you've created for yourself is maybe easier to justify in the beginning <laughs> when you're in yeah. startup mode and you're like, I got to make this work. Okay, bam, bam, bam. I'm going for it. That's, um, you know, a, a phase that, that, that can be uh, quite exciting as well. And it's a good thing. Uh, but if you find yourself just, just sticking to the hamster wheel, having just replaced one hamster wheel with another, yeah. uh, that, <laughs> that is not probably where you want to <laughs> end up. So yeah, you can think about, um, am I hitting diminishing returns with something? Am I just, you know, doing more work, but not getting as much out of it? if I just keep going and maybe you want to, you know, keep some time to travel for instance, or, you know, have a bit more time on the weekend or, you know, these are possibilities that you have if you're in yeah. control. And um, I think that's great. Uh, I, I love to work. I'm motivated. I, I like to be productive, but I also like to have my life. And I think that's <laughs> it's very cool if you can think about that balance a little bit more. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's really up to what you want your goals to be, right? Like if you want to be a billionaire and a multi-multi-millionaire, your work is always going to be endless. But at the end of the day, if you want to be happy, you don't have to worry about money, you can work a lot less and actually live um, pretty decently, you know? And if you're willing to move somewhere that it costs you a little bit less, but you're earning decently, you're earning like US dollars and you go to like, you know, South America or in Asia or even parts of Eastern Europe, there's just a lot of places that your money goes a long way. So absolutely. I see that a lot in. uh, So I I live in Lisbon, which is becoming quite a remote work capital in Europe. And there are many people (laughs) who earn dollars or euros elsewhere and uh, find their expenses much lower here. And some of them are also just working four days a week and they have a long weekend or, you know, these things are, are, are possible if you're trying to design your lifestyle and you're trying to make remote work uh, work for you. Another thing I've noticed in traveling to many different countries is that uh, it can also be quite cultural. In some mm-hmm. cultures, it's okay to prioritize your lifestyle a little bit more sometimes, yeah. whereas in other cultures that is kind of seen as... as um, you know, slacking off, for instance. Like the uh, United States? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was going to mention that, actually. Yeah, no, uh, America has a very, like, work-first culture, mm-hmm. for sure. It's among the most work-focused cultures I think I've seen, with the exception of maybe Japan. I had to go to Japan yeah. for, for uh, in my previous career, and there people are basically living from their desk. Uh, they eat wow. there, they sleep there. It's kind of nuts. So that's another extreme. I don't think America is quite at that extreme. Um, but, you know, like I sometimes hear people make jokes about the French spending too too much time having lunch and that kind of thing. And But that's great. You're having lunch. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I wish we, we do that here in the U.S., having siesta in the middle of the day. And, you know, as you mentioned that, Merrick, like people literally sleeping and eating on their desk and just always constantly being stressed. I can't even imagine being 70, 80 years old and looking back in your entire life and just knowing that this is what you did with it. You know, I don't know what happens after we die. I don't know if there's an afterlife. None of us knows, right? But if this is the only one we're going to be living like that is such a waste of of an opportunity that we may never have. So that's kind of sad. That's really sad that there's yeah. certain people that do that, you know, and I don't know how many people actually enjoy doing that. So, <laughs> I mean, if you enjoy it, go for it. But I'm just like, I'm pretty sure 99% of them don't. So that's kind of sad to me. <laughs> true, true. I guess the model has quite changed uh, with with this generation. It used to be back in the day, you work hard, you work hard, you work hard, and then you're retired and you play golf for a while or I don't know what you do. (laughs) Uh, And now it's different because, you know, the opportunities are different. Some things are more difficult as well, I think, for uh, maybe millennials today. But there are also opportunities that didn't exist before. And I think the pandemic has shown this to way more people now. This has truly been a revolution because working from home has shown a lot of people that there are other ways of working, not just in the office. And I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it in Lisbon. There's so many people coming here who are now considering themselves nomads or remote workers. 
Uh, they're loving it because they get to live in a different place. It's a new experience. And you can choose where to work. And it can be a co-working location or a cafe or it can be from home. It's very cool that we have that kind of flexibility now. Yeah, that's true. It is so much more that we can do right now. And I think if you can take advantage of that, and I think most people can, you should definitely do it. And I know there's a lot of uh, fears that go into it. But I think like you mentioned, the pandemic kind of pushed a lot of people towards it, even though if you're kind of reluctant, but you had no choice. So now hopefully a lot of people that were kind of on the brink was able to see what it's like for them, which is such an interesting time that we're living in. But for you, Merrick, I know that this time period right now is very difficult for a lot of bloggers, especially travel bloggers. And, you know, what was that like for you? How did you pivot? Did you do any changes with your business to kind of make it a certain way to make it thrive during this pandemic, this whole craziness right now? <laughs> it's definitely been crazy. And I could not have imagined that like in March last year, what was it? that uh, suddenly my revenues would go down by 80% or something like that. Wow. You, you never imagine that kind of scenario, right? Fortunately, the, the travel blog was in a good place already. So I managed to get through the pandemic all right. And I, I guess um, for a while, I spent a little bit more time on uh, writing about work from home and uh, mm -hmm. about remote working because I could see that this would be a big trend but mostly I tried to use whatever travel opportunities I, I still had and to build for the future because I had the idea that in a year or two years or maybe three, people will go back to travel. And I want my business to be ready for that. And I uh, just kept going. And yeah, my approach was just build for the future, make more content that people will enjoy later. And uh, luckily, I didn't have to pivot too much. And luckily... My, my blog was a little bit diversified within it in terms of income streams. So, uh, for example, my book kept selling really well through the pandemic because people were at home. They wanted to imagine traveling again in the future. And they read my book. And that was fantastic. And there were other income streams that related more to uh, setting up a, a freelance business or being location independent. These kept going while uh, the pure travel stuff like the bookings that maybe I would get commission on. Those were those were gone for a while, but that was okay. Yeah. There were other things in the mix. And so having actually many different revenue streams within your business is really helpful during times like these when some of them may, may go away for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that a lot. And there were some people that didn't have multiple streams of income. And now because of the pandemic, they were able to do that. And in some ways, it's kind of a good thing, right? It's a blessing in the skies because now if something else hits your business, if you have multiple streams of income, you've had a year and a half, two years to build something else, which is really nice. So again, taking something negative and turning it into a positive is, is always a good thing. You know, we wallow and self-pity for a little while and then you can only do that for so long and <laughs> you have to yeah you have to learn how to pivot and do do something else so i love that I, I think actually in in a crisis like this it can force you to make your business more resilient and uh i'm actually very happy that it, well 
it was annoying to have only limited travel opportunities during this time. I focused a lot more on Europe where I'm based. But that was also, on the other hand, it was also great because I didn't have that, that much Europe content before. I was mostly <laughs> Asia and South America focused. And now I have a whole other continent that I've uh, really uh, gone and explored. And maybe that wouldn't have happened. So now I've got three three major areas on my site people can uh, see destination guides for and so on. So I'll, I'll get out of this a little bit better. Uh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, it's true. You get to explore more of what's locally that you never would have seen before. So let's go back a little bit to when you transitioned to become a blogger. And this is probably a question that most people ask you. How long did it take for you to actually make this into a full-time thing, a full-fledged business that you can make income in? I would say that probably two to three years is, is what it took to to um, make it my full-time thing. I had the benefit of, of starting the blog while I was traveling and not having to rely on it yet. I had my savings, so that was nice. I think it's good to, um, if there's too much pressure to have to get money from a business straight away, especially if it's an online business, it can be very stressful. If you give yourself a year or two and you can do it as a side hustle or something like that, I think that, that makes it a lot easier. The thing with travel blogging or blogging in general is that you're usually waiting for the algorithms to give you a shot, basically. Mm -hmm. If you expect a blog to immediately get traffic from Google or, or social media, it's probably not going to happen because you're a new site and, and Google doesn't trust you yet. And maybe your site will disappear next month. So you're going to have to just be there for at least a year just online for this to start happening. And I think many people get frustrated after six months or something and think, ah, oh, this is not taking off. Well, it may take off exponentially if you just wait and keep going. That's really important with, with launching a website, I've noticed. Because once you get through that, you'll start getting more traffic. And you know, the first 100 visitors a day or something is going to feel really, really difficult. <laughs> but the next 100 is will be a little bit easier. And the next, you know, 1,000 will be even easier. It's kind of a snowball effect, right? So you got to be very happy with very small improvements in the beginning. Mm -hmm. If you push through, it's possible to, to make a full-time living out of it. That said, like a lot of people are saying travel blogging is the thing and, you know, it'll make you lots of money and it's not guaranteed, right? So some people are hyping this up as a, as a way to, uh, to, you know, make a living online that's uh, guaranteed, but that's definitely not the case. Yeah. I also see lots of people doing all kinds of other interesting businesses online that maybe make more sense than travel blogging, like an e-commerce site or something like that where you, where you have a direct revenue stream. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that it worked out the way it did. And uh, occasionally I had to be very persistent. <laughs> I would see the checks coming in and be like, oh no, this is not, this is not enough yet. Uh, oh. When is this going to happen? But it did. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, luckily it worked out that way. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that I always try to emphasize is people now think we all should have these like instant gratification type things and anything that's worth anything, um, you have to really put your effort in and it does take a long time, you know, for you, Merrick, several years, in fact, before you finally saw the fruits of your labor and yeah, being a blogger, it 
it's not overnight. You know, you're talking about Google Analytics, that stuff takes months and months. And sometimes, you know, you're talking about a year or longer. So if you're thinking of doing something that's instant, then blogging is definitely not it. But it pays off later on, because a lot of the things that you do now, Marek, is, you know, things that you can make money in while you're sleeping, you know, your book is is uh paying you while you sleep you know i'm sure you have other revenues on your your website that pays you that you don't even need to work so yes it does take a long time but like merrick said you have to be really persistent because consistent and be okay with not getting anything instant because (laughs) it's not gonna happen you know tomorrow you today you put in a blog post and then tomorrow all of a sudden you're number one on google and there's just hundreds of thousands of people that come like that's pretty much impossible for the most part yeah absolutely i'm sure you've you've uh, experienced this yourself in, in uh where you got uh your business up and going and, and attained success yeah you really have to be persistent and i think perhaps in in the age of tiktok and such people are expecting things to blow up immediately yeah. uh but that's usually not the case when, when i started my blog i think several weeks in i did go viral and i went viral on reddit and i got like ten thousand visitors on the first day and like it was a deluge of of traffic Guess what? It really didn't benefit me very much because all those people came and they quickly went again. They saw my one viral article. I didn't have anything else on the site yet. I didn't even have a you know newsletter subscription uh, box or anything. There weren't enough other articles to keep people around. And so they just kind of left. So I had this early exposure to going viral. And it taught me that it's not it's not everything. <laughs> and in fact, what really got me where I needed to be was to create a library of content, uh, have a newsletter, you know, get all that engagement there and um, and get people to follow me for a longer period of time. It's much better than just having a, an article go viral and, and that's it. That was your moment of fame. Uh, yeah. That's not that's not how it goes usually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's true. And, and you know, I've heard this before, like, if you're not ready for success, then it's really not going to go anywhere. You know, like, if that had happened to you now, they would have kept coming because you had had a huge library of content for them to keep coming back to. Exactly. So such yeah. a good lesson to learn. You know, if you're not ready for it, it's it doesn't stay. And um, I don't know if you've heard these stories of like lottery winners where they <laughs> lose all their money after like a year or two and they're back to square one because oh, no. they don't know. <laughs> yeah, apparently they did a study on like lottery winners who win like millions and millions of dollars and they're not used to or they don't understand how to actually keep it. And they're so used to the lifestyle that they had that they actually would spend it all. And then go back to where they were. So it's it's kind of interesting, you know, if when you're not ready for something, like your mind and your psyche brings you back to, to certain things. Organic growth is sometimes underrated. Like, yes. you know, just steadily it gets better and better and better. And you, yep. you um, learn from each of those steps. That is so exactly. important. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's really how you grow. And also the fact that it makes you feel really good every time, you know, you appreciate it because you work so hard on it. Right. Yeah. But it takes a long time, though. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. you got to be patient. You have to be patient to get to that point. I love that. So, Merrick, let's look 
forward to about 30, maybe 40 years from now, and you're looking back at your life, what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Ooh, that's a, that's a big question. <laughs> um, well, something that, uh, that gives me a lot of gratification is um, when I get email or a letter from people uh, saying, oh, I read your, your stuff and it really changed my travels or even changed my life. There, there have been people who wanted to meet up with me for this reason uh, when uh, they passed through Lisbon. I think that's really nice. So, so knowing that other people have benefited from something that you do is always awesome. And well, 30 or 40 years from now, I hope I'm doing something offline. I don't know, maybe <laughs> brewing some beer or whatever. Oh, that uh, sounds I think, awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think this is for another 10 or 20 years. And then I would love to just, uh, you know, have a legacy that's a bit more local, maybe in the mm. community. Maybe I'll be making the best craft beer of some town that I'm living in. I'm not sure. That sounds pretty cool. It'd be like, visit me here. I mean, it could be another part of your blog. It's like, come visit <laughs> me to get the best beer ever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just like cross, you know, those those businesses can have uh, synergies, you know? There exactly. you go. Exactly. Beer and travel. Yeah, that makes total sense. People <laughs> do travel for stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if you put it in together with that. I love exactly. it. Well, thank you so much, Mark, for being here with us. If our listeners want to get to know you better, where can they find you? Uh, so they can find my blog at Indie Traveler. And if you just type in Indie Space Traveler into Google, it will be the first result. Perfect. Love that. Easy. Easy to find. So make sure you, you do that. And also you can um, click on the link on our show notes as well at theoffbeatlife.com. Thank you so much, Merrick, for being here. We really appreciate you. And it was so nice to learn about your journey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, was a real pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Merrick. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where he shares how to take long-term career breaks. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.